Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PESKYREPORT. That's P-E-S-K-Y-R-E-P-O-R. RT. You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. to announce that we will be sponsored by High and Happy Catering out of Springfield, Massachusetts. High and Happy Catering creates gourmet meals for small or large events with a twist. All of their meals are cannabis-infused. If you are looking to have a real happy meal, call them at 413-785-8999 or search for them on Instagram at High and Happy Catering. You'll be happy you did. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. My name is Brad Chandler, and today we have a special guest. We have Chris Catillo. Catillo, yeah. not Catillo, yeah. Because every time you hear, you know, Carabas or Peralt, I say it's Catillo. So, right, I know which way. <laughs> so we have Chris Catillo from uh, Mass Live. He covers the Boston Red Sox when they're actually doing things. Right. Um, you're also even when they're not. Yeah, well, they're not. <laughs> yeah, right now, uh, not doing a damn thing. Uh, so uh, you're you're also a fan of what's your what's your college fan uh, team? Uh, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that's our heels. So, yeah, and anybody you, who plays Duke also. <laughs> you will see uh, post on Twitter about the Tar Heels. Right. Um, too, probably uh, too many. Yeah, I I don't I don't pay attention to your stuff unless it's baseball related honestly <laughs> that's I, I, what you I, follow I, for yeah i i see it 
I see the stuff. I'm just like, I won't comment on it. Yeah, but, um, no. It'll be there. It'll still be there regardless. Right. So, hey, I just want to get right into this. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you so much for responding and uh, coming on as well. Um, I've actually been trying to get you on since we started um, back in like May. Oh, yeah? Uh, um, yeah. I'm not, that, I'm not that hard to reach, so um, anytime. We we had a, uh, a co-host, uh, Lauren, uh, yeah. who, who said that she reached out to you and I, I was just like, ah, whatever. You know, and then like I won... I won this from you. That's right. That's from, true. From uh, one of your uh, giveaways, asking who was going to be the first position player to <clears throat> uh, take over in a game. And I was like, Kevin Ploiecki just pulled it out of my ass. And lo and behold, Plowdog was the guy. Everybody was like, oh, Alex Verdugo and this person and that person. And I just pulled that one out of my ass. So I, I thank you for that, by the way. That was cool. Hey, Tom. Yeah, no, it's uh, Plowecki's a good guest, and he it's great when he goes in the game because it's always you know it's eighteen to two, and then he gets going and he's got the, like the quickest wind up in baseball history. He gets the ball and just throws it. So for those of us covering and want to get out of there at that point, it's always great to see him take the mound the two yeah. or three times it's ever happened. Yeah, uh, my favorite position player um, I wanted to see was I wanted to see Mike Carp pitch to Mike Trout. Yeah, that would the be. That is a Mike Fish match matchup. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That almost, I think that almost happened. I think that was 2013. I could be wrong. Uh, all right. Uh, let's just get into this. I know uh, you have other things you have to do later on. So I only got you for a short period of time. Uh, so let's start with 2020. And uh, 20, in the 2020 offseason, what were your thoughts on the hiring of Heimblum? You know, it was uh, it kind of came out of nowhere in a way just because they had kept that uh, search so close to the vest. You know, they really we didn't hear about many interviews, many candidates. And I guess that he was really the only guy that they interviewed and ended up hiring him. You know, you can't you know, not knowing much about the guy. You couldn't really uh, doubt anything that, you know, Tampa Bay had accomplished low payroll. And they just became a player development machine. And, you know, they're successful every year. So, um you know, I think that you know, not knowing much about him, just the resume of being with the Rays and being, you know, kind of an institution down there, um, you know, kind of wait and see mode. And uh, I knew he was going to be very different than Nebraska, you know, working on the farm system, working on getting younger control, all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, so far, so good. And do you think that he's going the route that uh, Friedman went with the Dodgers where he's just going to hold back? Yeah, you know, I think it, it obviously took Friedman a long time before – he was, you know, willing to commit a huge amount of money to somebody. And, and when uh, he did, it was, you know, Mookie Betts. Um, you know, I think the uh, Heim has clearly, you know, not done that so far. You know, it's, this is his third offseason. So let's say they're two and a half offseasons through. And the most he's ever given to a free agent is two years and $14 million for Kike Hernandez. So a lot of restraint. Um, and this year, you didn't see them really at the top of the starting pitching market. You know, they didn't go sign Gaussman or Ray or Stroman or Scherzer or any of those guys. You know, I know there's rumors about Correa or Story, which would kind of surprise me. But, um, yeah, a lot of restraint so far. And I think, you know, that's partly because that they want to keep, you know, their own guys in-house. And they know that there's going to be a lot of money they need to commit to them. Whether it be Rafael Devers with a mega deal, Xander Bogarts with his second extension. You know, there's in-house business to be taken care of. And I think they want to see if they can retain those guys before they really go out and make a splash. But, you know, they haven't made a free agent splash here in a few years. So I think that, you know, by next year, uh, they'll probably be, be in that boat as well. 
Yeah, I'm going to end up actually asking you about the Xander and uh, Devers situation in a little bit. But I wanted to talk about uh, Mookie Betts. Uh, you brought him up. <clears throat> do you believe that that trade was going to happen with or without uh, Bloom? Yeah, I do. I think it, you know, at a certain point, they had just had enough of the negotiations not going anywhere, you know, and, um, you know, Mookie, which is completely his right. And I, I hate kind of the idea that he was greedy for this, like within his rights as a player who, you know, was a superstar, you know, set a number and uh, the Red Sox, you know, uh, didn't match it. And otherwise he was going to go to free agency. That was his plan all along. Now he signed a deal with the Dodgers and didn't go to free agency. But I think that's because the pandemic hit, there was a lot of economic uncertainty and, you know, I think his number might've changed. His number might've been lowered or, you know, his priorities might've changed at that point. So um, it's kind of unfortunate looking back for the Red Sox that um, in terms of public perception that he ended up signing an extension there before even playing a game there after, you know, six, seven, eight years in town here. But um, that's just kind of the reality of how it shook out. Global pandemic threw a wrench into a lot of things. That was one of them. Were you shocked with the price trade as well? Uh, no, I mean, uh, at that point, that was kind of one of the, you know, get him off the roster, get his salary off the books was, um, you know, something I think the Red Sox would have loved to do. Um, and, you know, being able to, you know, almost throw him into that deal. It's not like he's been a featured player in, in Los Angeles since he's been there. You know, he's been a bullpen swing guy, you know, depth starter. So, um, you know, I'm sure the Red Sox were happy to get him off the books. And, um, you know, instead of, you know, paying him 30 million, be able to, you know, reassign that to, um, some other guys and, and get a bunch of guys for, for lesser money, which, you know, they've done in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I wasn't shocked with the price, um, addition, but I've been shocked about how the Dodgers have been using him. Right. So, well, it just shows how much depth they have there and, and right. so many good starters. Right. Uh, so, in 2020, it came out that the Houston Astros uh, ended up cheating in the 2017 um, season. What are your thoughts on that on that scandal? Um, a, a few things. Obviously, you know, they, I think, have, you know, paid the price over and over and over just because, you know, even though the players weren't suspended, I'm sure, you know, the last couple of years having everybody else in baseball, you know, pretty much disliking you, having fans booing you everywhere you go. You know, there's a toll there, you know, and I think that, um, you know, if they didn't feel bad for their mistakes before, then, you know, they do now. Obviously, Alex Cora, A.J. Hinch, you know, they they paid the price sitting out a year. Jeff Luno, you know, was a, a year suspension, but he hasn't been hired by anybody. I'm sure that that's going to turn into a lifetime ban. I think he's the one that's going to suffer the most um, from this. Um, but, you know, also at the same time, credit to the Astros for, you know, still being a powerhouse. You know, they made it to the World Series this year. Um, and, you know, I think one thing that, you know, Alex Cora has said before and other people say, you know, the cheating is obviously going to put, it's going to tarnish what they did in 17 and uh, would they have won the world series without it? Who knows? It's not for me to say, and nobody could actually ever give you a real answer on that, but Correa and Altuve and, um, Springer and Bregman, those types of guys, they're all, you know, generational talents and potential future hall of famers, you know, without uh, that, that asterisk attached to them. Um, you know, who knows now that it is. Uh, so I think it takes away a little bit from the talent Verlander and Cole and, you know, all those types of guys that they had during that run. Um, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's uh, it's almost unfortunate that way, but obviously, you know, I, I no crocodile tears from anybody for um, for that. It was a self inflicted thing. Um, I think you know, as we move forward and um, into you know, we're going to be five years removed from it, heading into next season, and you know, fans have gotten their crack at those guys. Uh, you know, I think uh, that it's probably baseball's kind of moved past it, um, which is is interesting. I think the pandemic helped uh, with that, kind of putting things in perspective a little bit too. They definitely got away easy in uh, twenty twenty. Uh, right. I remember, I forgot, I think they went to the Dodgers or something. And they were, someone was like outside of this stadium or something, yelling cheaters or whatever it was. Right. I, it was funny. Um, now, there was one player that you didn't mention uh, that I wanted to talk about. Carlos Beltran, uh, he ended up getting the position as the head coach for the New York Mets. Uh, in 2020, and before he even got to uh, coach a game, uh, the Mets metting, uh, as they say, the Mets will met, uh, Carlos Beltran was fired. Uh, do you believe he should have a job? Um, you know, I think if if uh, he's the only player that got punished out of all of them, right? You know, he was a player and not a, not a coach at the time, and Hinch and uh, Cora have obviously, after serving a year, they're back. You know, I think it's from what I can gather, it's more about, you know, Beltran not wanting to manage than, um, you know, teams wanting to blackball him at this point. And I'm not sure if that's oh. just he, he's sick of the game and, and or doesn't want to, um, you know, deal with, you know, whatever comes next or, or if he's happy at home, Puerto Rico. Uh, but that's just kind of the sense I've gotten. Wow. Uh, that's not a that's not where I thought it was going. I thought it was just he was getting blackballed. Uh, no, but yeah, I, I, you would guess, but no, no, it's not not the reality. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so you, you talked about Hench. You talked about Cora. Do you believe their punishment was enough? I mean, what are you going to do? Ban ban them for life when the players weren't suspended at all? I mean, it's a it's a tough place. I mean, I think that you know the two of them got off easy as well because an 162 game suspension became a 60 game suspension. Um, but that's just again. <laughs> Just what happens, you know, things happen. So, um, you know, they're both, uh, I guess, kind of proving, you know, they were two of the best managers in the American League this year. Hinch kind of took the Tigers to a level they hadn't been in the last few years. I know they were still average, but a little bit better. And, you know, we saw what Cora did with the Red Sox. So um, legacies for both of those guys are tarnished, but two two really, really good managers and two guys who will have their, their clubs in a good spot for years to come, I think. Yeah, well, now that they got, or they got Erod, um, right and and, uh, and bias. Yeah, I was just about to say bias. That was a. I honestly thought they were going to go hard on Correa and get him because of the uh, ties between uh, him and Hench. I think they offered him like ten for two seventy five, and um, according to a report, so they were willing to go pretty high, but you know, not not Seager high. That's probably why. Yeah, Correa deserves more. Right, I agree. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, so. Uh, Cora gets fired. Renicky takes over. And this is Bloom's first year in 2020. What were your thoughts on that team? 
it was an embarrassment up and down. You know, I think when you look at kind of how you, you know, assess the 2021 team and a lot of the same pieces, just, you know, they, the games were, you know, not competitive. They went on that little run at the end of the season when Pavetta and Hauk joined the rotation where I think they won five out of seven to end it, which made the 24 and 36 record look better than it actually was. But they're covering the team day in and day out. There's nothing to write about. There's no access to the players. There was no interesting stories. It was they were just getting bludgeoned, whether it was Zach Godley or Chris Mazza or Ryan Weber, who was number three starter inexplicably. Oh, you didn't, you didn't the, the best pitcher. Mike Kickham. Yeah, Mike Kickham, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Springs, uh, Kyle Hart. I mean, it was just a who's who of AAA guys, and they just all get shelled day after day. So um, that was uh, – you know, that was – it was just – yeah, I mean, it was as bad as it possibly could have got. The, the, there's a moment in that season that sums everything up for me on how the entire thing went. The, they're down big. You know, we were just talking about, uh, you know, position players pitching, all that stuff. They are down big. Uh, the third pitch he throws, he gets smoked with a line drive in the shin. Now he, you know, that's at that point you're starting second baseman, which also says a lot. He's down on the mound, you know, in pain. They drag him off. Ploiecki comes out from behind the plate, takes off the gear, leaves it at home plate. He's now pitching. Zuway Lin, of all people, is now I remember catching. This. It was just a circus. I mean, it really was. And I thought to myself, this is this team won the World Series two years ago, and we're sitting in an empty ballpark, four and a half hours into this embarrassing loss, and. That was that's that sums up the whole year for me. One to forget for sure, but um, got them a pretty good draft pick at the end of it, so I guess it was worth it. And it was only sixty games, so I mean, right. if it was one hundred and sixty-two, I don't know what I would have done. Oh yeah, I would have I would have retired from the beat early retirement were, at twenty-five now, years you, old. Were you guys at this? Were you guys able to be at the park? Yeah, someone asked me this the other day too. I'm like, well, I said, oh, that's really cool. It wasn't. It was just. It was like super depressing. I mean. You know, it was super depressing just being there and having it be empty and all that stuff. So, um, not like you got access to anything. It was just no, you in a room. It, yeah, in the press box, and uh, it was just you know all spread out, and you would get nothing being there that you didn't get a TV uh, on TV. So, um, the my only the only cool part of that is that I had a Fenway Frank one day because there was like concession stands open just for like the eighteen people who were there. And I thought to myself, you know, in all of 2020, there's going to be like 10 of these eaten total. And I was one of them. So that's my big claim to fame there. <laughs> I know I know, we're going to get to my my ballpark food escapades later. So there's a preview for you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the 2020 season, this will be the last one for 2020. Uh, were you at the game that the guy climbed the, uh, the monster? No, I was an off day. I missed that fun. So that's too bad. I wonder how crazy you have to be to it's like to scale the green monster all the way up there and then yeah. start yelling at Chavis, you're not Michael Jordan. Right, because that was in deba- <laughs> that was in debate if he was or not. Right. <laughs> so uh, going into 2021, uh, it was expected to be another down year for the Red Sox. Um, they ended up signing uh Kike and Hunter Renfro, and they ended up <clears throat> trading Benny for uh Franchi and prospects. Uh, what were your expectations uh, going into 2021? You know, I, I did not have, uh, you know, the, I obviously did not have them uh, breaching the postseason. I think um, I had them in the eighties for wins. I forget the exact number. Um, they obviously exceeded them. I think, you know, a lot of things went right. You know, they weren't, you know, the most talented team. They kind of were gritty, you know, for most of the first four months of the season. And I think one thing that really, 
you know, was on their side that other teams didn't have until the COVID outbreak, they were extremely healthy, not just in terms of COVID, but in terms of injuries. I mean, you think about it, you know, their starters really only set, you know, they had during the COVID outbreak, we saw Brad Peacock and Cutter Crawford and Connor Siebel come up and pitch a game. But generally, you know, you had the five starters of Evaldi, um, Rodriguez, Pavetta, Richards and Perez going every day. And then they subbed in Houck and Sale and they were good for the rest of the year and they were healthy. So, um, you know, you never had a big injury to Bogarts or Devers or any of those guys. You know, I think Kike was out uh, for two weeks here or there, but there's no major catastrophic injury. I think that was a huge part of the season. Um, and, and they hit their ceiling, you know, and it's, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see next year. You know, the, the roster right now is worse than it was when they, uh, they lost to the Astros in game six, but um, that, I'm sure that'll change is when the lockout's lifted and they can make moves again. Uh, yeah. The worst injury I saw was Christian Arroyo when he, uh, he's, I think he slid which one? into which one, of, get... which one of the three. Getting hit in the hand. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, I, I think Christian Arroyo is very good. And I think he's a diamond and a rough guy, but He's just going to be more adorable for him to really assume that role. You know, it was, uh, he, had a, he had a good year when he was on the field, had a lot of big moments for them and um, just too bad that he, he can't stay on the field. And hopefully that changes for him this year. Yeah. We need to see more Euro steps. Yeah. Right. Did, uh, did the 2021 uh, Sox surprise you when they started? What was it? I think it was like nine and zero against the Yankees or something like that. Yeah, I think they were just taking out the frustration from the last two years. 2019 was the worst record the Red Sox had ever posted against the Yankees. I think it was five and fourteen or six and thirteen, and they lost like they were like one and eight at Yankee Stadium or one and nine. And then last year was you know 2020 was uh, they lost every game at Yankee Stadium. They lost basically every game they played, but they definitely lost to the Yankees. So um, you know they took out their frustrations early. It clearly looked like the better team by the end. You know they were a little more even. We saw that big sweep in Fenway by the Yankees at the, toward the end there. So. Um, you know, I think the teams were pretty evenly matched. That's why, you know, they finished with the same record, played each other in a wild card game. Um, and, you know, it's always good when those two teams are about the same and they're both competitive. It's good for baseball and good for good for sports in general. Yeah. Uh, I- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I remember being like somber when they were, I think it was the uh, Domingo Herman game where he had like a no hitter going in to like the seventh or eighth. It was, and then Alex Verdugo hit that ball, that double um, out to right field. And that just like opened up the gates. Right. Yeah. That was, rem- that was, that was how it was. Uh, that's kind of how it went for the, the first half of the year against them. Just no matter what, they're going to find a way. All right. Uh, Matt Barnes, uh, do you, uh, after what happened in 2021, do you think that uh, the Sox should give him another chance as a closer? Or do you think no, that he's a middle start. reliever? They they were trying to find it with him from, you know, September 1st through October. And I'm sure they're, you know, they're not allowed to talk to him right now, but I'm sure up until the lockout came into effect, they were pitching coaches were on the phone, making him a huge priority to try to get him right. Because uh, he is a huge piece of the bullpen. You know, you saw that 
in in October. All of a sudden, you know, in September and October, Alex Cora's trusted options were, you know, Hansel Robles, Ryan Brazier, guys who just kind of came out of nowhere and they got hot and that was like all they had. Um, you know, Garrett Richards even for a little bit there, Tanner Houck. So, you know, Barnes not being Barnes really cost them and, and made it so that, you know, other guys had to step up and those guys are, you know, not the type of guys who are capable for those high leverage roles. So I wrote this yesterday. I think they're going to add some really high end relief help by the end of the off season and kind of let Barnes find himself early on in spring training. So, um, you know, it's obviously I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a broader spectrum between the first half and the second half than we saw with him last year. But as of now, you know, you just, you can't risk that. And, uh, yeah, that's why I think Whitlock will probably be the closer if, if the roster, you know, were to be the opening day roster would be what they're going to have right now, which it won't be the case, but for that, for the uh, sake of the exercise. So you think Whitlock would be a closer instead of a starter? Yeah, just because of the way that they attacked the offseason to start, you know, like I think um, the you I would have guessed that they wouldn't have added, you know, two starters if if they were really high on how can Whitlock being in that uh, in that rotation, but you know, as of right now, behind is Sale, Evaldi, and Pavetta, you got to slot in Rich Hill and, and Michael Walker. Um, uh, we call we call him Dick Mountain. Okay, my bad. Um, <laughs> you got to slot in, you know, Mountain and uh, Walker. So lose my train of thought. Thank you for uh, in between. And then you know, how probably to me is probably your starter. Uh, you know, you have him as your you know sixth guy again, maybe a hybrid bullpen role and. Uh, Whitlock for now, uh, I would say is probably a relief guy. That's just kind of how it shook out. I wouldn't have been surprised if they, you know, went and signed Rizal Iglesias instead of the Angels. Uh, we went back to the Angels and they decided to put Whitlock in the rotation either. So um, we'll see. It's not obviously not set in stone, and uh, spring training will be big to determine all of that. But um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of my guess as things are currently constructed. So for the 2021 season, wh- who was the biggest surprise for you? For me, I- I'm going with uh, Whitlock. Yeah, I mean for sure. I, you can't ever, you know, it's it's a it's a coin flip. Uh, if a Rule Five pick is ever going to, you know, be uh, even on the roster the whole season for him to be, you know, their best pitcher and emerge the way he did by the end, I mean, uh, that there's no question. You know, he there's he deserves a lot of awards. You know, he's their best pitcher. He was their best rookie. He was their you know surprise guy. Uh, all that type of stuff. So he, he really couldn't have been couldn't have been much more than what he was. I agree. Uh, very, like you said, he never he didn't pitch above Double A, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just it was nuts. And then then uh, Bloom goes and snags another Yankee from the Rule Five. But was yeah. it that that was the minor league Rule Five, right? Yeah. This one, this one, I, I wouldn't have your expectations as high as, as uh, Whitlock ever again <laughs> on any Rule Five pick ever. So, all right. So, case. Going back to the Mookie, uh, the Mookie bets and price trade. Uh, what are your thoughts on Alex Verdugo and what he's contributed to this team in the two seasons he's been here? Um, you know, I think when you look at, you know, in 2020, he was probably their best player. And, you know, that's uh, not a very high bar because they didn't have many, you know, amazing uh, performances that year. But uh, you look at it and, you know, he was uh, just a guy who kind of produced every day, hit above 300. You know, this year he had a prolonged slump there um, before it, it, you know, getting hot a little bit at the end, but, um, you know, still probably about a league average OPS and, and, you know, a better than average uh, average. Um, I think, you know, for me, he's a guy that you need to get a little more speed out of. And, um, 
you know, maybe a little bit more power. You know, I know he, he had, you know, something like 13, 14 homers this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, you know, for him to really find his game, he's going to add a couple elements. You know, defensively, he is he is what he is. I think he's been, you know, above average and a good contributor. Um, you know, he's not going to be directly Mookie Betts. I know there's always those, those um, you know, talks are going to happen in comparisons, but it's just uh, – He's been good, and I think he's embraced Boston. I think he's kind of become a fan favorite, too. So, um, you know, this is a guy who was injured a lot. You know, heading into Red Sox career, he hadn't even played a full season of games in the majors yet. Um, You know, last year was uh, kind of the most he'd ever played. And, you know, he's only going to be, you know, 25, 26 heading into this season. So there's still a ceiling there for sure. All right. My favorite player on the Red Sox right now. Is he? Yeah. I'm I'm big on Verdugo. Now, did, did, do you know if he had a hamstring issue? I don't. I and he was he's always a little bit banged up, but uh, I, I, he seemed fine by the end there. Because that there's uh, rumors going around that he was having he had hammy issues, and oh, that's really? why why he was slumping and whatnot. So, uh, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, what are your expectation for expectations for the 2022? Uh, team? Uh, I think, you know, they kind of set a high ceiling for themselves with the way they played last year, but, um, you know, just establishing themselves fully as, you know, one of the American League contenders and elite teams. And, um, you know, they need guys to take steps forward. They need Bobby Dalbeck to be more consistent. They need, um, you know, uh, Devers to do what he did. They need Christian Vasquez to be much better than he was last year. Uh, That's kind of the interesting part about last year is that, you know, they still won as many games as they did. Um, and got to where they did in the postseason, even with, you know, a bunch of guys that you would have thought as key contributors, you know, not really playing that well for huge stretches, if not the entire year. Um, you know, it's impossible really to answer the expectations question because I think the roster is so far from settled. Um, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez and uh, Hunter Renfro are gone. Jackie Bradley, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, and eventually James Paxton have been brought in. But, you know, they still need an outfielder. I think they're going to make a splash there. They still need some infield depth. They still need you know, high-end bullpen talent. So uh, it's tough to tell right now. I think that, you know, my expectations are that Heimblum's going to be very aggressive when this lockout ends and they're going to add, you know, a bunch of pieces and maybe make some big moves. Let's hope so. I want to see uh, – we have a uh, co-host, Ryan, who's really, really high. He wants uh, Bloom to go and get a big – like a megastar, like a Carlos Correa-type person, you know, give someone five years, give – you know, not – Obviously, Korea is not going to get five years, but right. I mean, he's he's already signed. He's only signed one person um, to two two years, and he hasn't. Paxton is the next one who's there, who's got the most years so far. He's got like a one year with um, yeah, two team two options. options. Yeah. I mean, let's uh, he wants he wants to get him to uh, do like a five year, you know. So yeah, well, he's he's lurking. It'll happen eventually. Let's hope so. Uh, when do you see Cassis coming up? I think a lot of that will be dictated by, um, you know, I think it's sometime this year. I do. Um, I think, you know, a lot of that will be dictated by Dahlbeck's play. If Dahlbeck is in a two-month slump and Cassis is, you know, hitting the crap out of the ball in Worcester, I think he's going to force their hand to make it happen. Um, you know, and, you know, he's he's really kind of been one of those guys that he's passed every test, you know, from, from the moment he came up to – um, the the moment he was drafted and started his professional career to the Olympics, everything he's been really good. So, um, you know, even at the alternate camp where they weren't playing games, he really impressed everybody down there too. So, 
um, yeah, I, I, that's really the answer there. It really depends on Dahlbeck. So it kind of sucks for Dahlbeck to be looking over his shoulder the whole time, but that's kind of the reality of it. I, have you had a chance to see Cassis play? Um, spring training, maybe in, in 2020. Um, but no, not, not in the minors, not in person. So I, I live, uh, like 20 minutes away from Hartford yard goats. Oh, yeah. And every time, uh, Salem would play, I'd, I'd go to the games and, is it Salem or Portland? Portland. 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 Yeah. My bad. Um, Same thing. Right. Red Sox. Uh, so I go to the game. I, I kid you not, man. This dude, like their manager was probably like 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, and then Cass is just, just like like standing over him. He was like the tallest guy on the entire field. I remember when he when he first got drafted, he came to Fenway for to sign his contract, take BP with the team, and he was towering over JD Martinez at that point as like an eighteen year old. So I know he's massive. He's he's huge. I'm I am looking forward. I was upset that he was uh that he's with the uh in Worcester now because my uh, the company I work for we have season tickets to the Yard Goats, so I'd always go to the uh, the Portland's um, Portland games and he uh. I would go just to see him. I saw him sm- like demolish balls. He was he just destroying them. Yeah, his his BP especially is some of the most impressive in, in the pros. So yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting for the Sox when he comes up. We'll see. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Renfro trade and JBJ being back? And what role do you see JBJ uh, playing in the season? I I think. You know, it, it came out of nowhere. It was shocking to me. I, it wasn't shocking that they traded Renfro. I think that they wanted to get some prospects back for him. Um, you know, I think the, a few things here. Uh, I think Renfro's defense, uh, because he had the big arm and all that stuff, people thought, oh, he's an elite defender. You know, he led the league for outfielders and errors with 12. Uh, the next highest guy had nine as Tyler O'Neill with the Cardinals. There was a lot of times where Renfro was a liability out there. We saw it, especially toward the end of the season, even the advanced metrics show that over the course of the season, he was not very good at right field the second half. You know, so that's a defensive upgrade, I think, in the major league roster. Um, number two, they're going to add somebody, whether it's Schwarber, whether it's Suzuki, whether it's, you know, Castellanos, whoever it is, um, you know, just spitballing on, on those. But uh, they're going to add another outfielder, and, and Jackie's role will not, you know, most likely not be, you know, that starter starting guy. And number three, I think that the prospects they got are pretty interesting. Alex Pinellas, who um, has been kind of going on a media tour with all of us beat writers, talked to me, talked to Alex Spear from the Globe the last few days. Um, you know, he's on the prospect list, so he's 16th or 17th or whatever. Well, you know, you get, that's all relative because he's, you know, the Red Sox system is suddenly pretty good. He was a third-round pick just five months ago, and he had a really, really good start to his pro career. So think of it as the Red Sox had a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and two third-round picks um, in the 2021 draft. Uh, that's really oh, what yeah. it is. Um, and, you know, I think that that's – and they have plenty of picks next year because Erod left. Um, so, you know, I think that that's uh, – you know, he's a guy that could advance pretty quickly. He was a college hitter. Um, he was a guy that could have gone in the top 15, top 20 of the draft a couple of years or, uh, in the projections last year. And then he ended up having a bad start to his uh, junior year at Louisville. So, um, you know, the prospects, the defensive uh, versatility and the fact that they're not done, I think are really the reasons there. But yeah, when I came across at like 1130 p.m., I thought I was re- I thought I was reading like, you know, uh, a prank or something because it didn't make a lot of sense. Yep. Yep. I definitely uh, I came across that and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, one of the one of 
the people in our uh, group, they, they sent a message about it. I was like, yeah, right. That's a joke. Because yeah, exactly. all these fake Twitter accounts come up, especially like when it comes to trade times and whatnot. So I was like, oh, that's that's fake. And then I looked over and I'm like, no, there's a check mark next to their name. This isn't fake. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was shocked about that. I was happy about the uh, the Rich Hill um, uh, signing. Uh, confused on why they gave would they give him five million? Yeah, and they gave Waka eight, seven. They gave yeah, the Waka seven. one to me was an overpay. Yeah, so it's not my money, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it isn't. But it's like he could have used that money better elsewhere. All right, two more questions for you. What has been your favorite moment as a Red Sox media member? Um, you know, I think for me, just you know, not a singular moment this year, but just kind of appreciating, you know what the fans were bringing in September and October, especially the wild card game and the playoffs. I mean, like I said, it was depressing and weird being there in 2020. So to see that place full again, just uh, something you never take for granted again, obviously you never thought that what would happen happened, but um, yeah, that was really it. You know, in terms of uh, you know, singular moments, there's, there's a few, you know, a few really cool games. It was there in 2018 when they won. Um you know, there's some really memorable nights of, you know, 2019 Dombrowski getting fired and having to stay there till 5 a.m. in the press box. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of moments that are really memorable. A lot's happened in the last four years, but um, it's hard to pin them down. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, anybody who knows you or follows you on Twitter knows that you have an obsession with the ice cream machine at Fenway Park. It's either an obsession or an addiction, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> Both? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but what happens? I know th- I know this has happened once at least. What happens when there's no ice cream machine? Well, they took it away for 2020 because of uh COVID and then early part of 2021 it wasn't operable and then they brought it back and now they have somebody operating it and you know so they control the portion size which still isn't ideal but you know can't hate on them for that. Um it just kind of it's, my game's off on those nights. I need a soft serve, uh mix it with Oreo uh oreo crumbs uh rainbow sprinkles and then uh that's when i do my best writing when i'm loaded up with that so um loaded up with sugar yeah exactly because the pace of play you need all the energy you can get so um yeah hopefully in 2022 it'll be sitting there maybe no portion control maybe i can take you know the big cup instead of the small cup that they give us we'll see um but maybe i'll be in a health kick who knows you know a lot a lot of time between now and then i do know that uh when I went to Fenway for the first time, I was really disappointed that they don't have the uh, free refills on sodas. Yeah, on there's, the nothing, there's, no, there's nothing free there. Not anymore. No, it used how, to are, be. How, are, how are they going to pay for the penguins if you're if they're giving you free refills? Oh my refills? god! Don't even get started on that. So so many people in the uh, Boston media are shitting all over that. It's that it doesn't matter. It does not affect the Red Sox one bit. What are your thoughts on that? On that? It doesn't affect the Red Sox one bit. That's it, man. It just doesn't. I get enough money. He's a businessman trying to make money. The more money he makes, the more he can spend on his on the things he is going to uh, own. And the Red Sox are one of them. I thought the I thought one of the funniest things I saw after they purchased them was LeBron walking out with a Penguin sh- shirt on. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I tweeted, "Where's his Liverpool shorts?" And get the whole thing together. He doesn't wear Red Sox stuff. You don't see that that often. I think he's worn the hat before. I don't know. It, it, he all. said he said out a Dodgers. He like congratulated the Dodgers for getting to the exact same amount of games as the Red Sox did, and then he's an LA, he's an LA guy. He knows his audience. Yeah, it needs to. 
you know, you're an owner now. So that's true. All right, Chris, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Anytime. Uh, do you, it. You want to want to give a plug? Yeah, it's just uh, Chris Cotillo, C-O-T-I-L-L-O on Twitter. Uh, and then all of our stuff uh, for myself and Chris Smith, my co-beat writers on MassLive.com. And we have a podcast, The Fenway Rundown, so check that out as well. Uh, how many, uh, when do you do your episodes? Are they weekly? No, they're they're all over the place. Not not enough, that's the answer. <laughs> it's Well, you don't really have a lot to be talking about right now. Right. You know, we, that's, that, we're going to get that podcast back on, on, in, in action for... Uh, 2022 i'll tell you right now the hardest thing to do right now during a lockout is trying to come up with an episode oh i know i'm, I'm in the same boat trying and the writings even it's, it's hard too it is yeah no i uh i do some writing as well but no it's it's really really hard yeah. all right chris i appreciate it man thank you so much for coming on uh and uh i'm sure i'll talk to you soon sounds good thanks so much peace Thank you for listening to the Pesky Report. Make sure to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pesky Report. No matter what platform you're listening to us on, please make sure to leave us a review and a comment and let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PESKYREPORT. That's P-E-S-K-Y-R-E-P-O-R-T. And a little feeling when you